All right, good morning or good afternoon, everybody, or good evening, depending where you are in the world. Today is Monday, June the 7th, 2021, and, you know, there's there's a fair bit of news to uh, to report on today. Nothing uh, as exciting as I would say as, as last week, but still something to uh, to discuss and cover uh, regarding uh, events all around the world. So let's get into it. So first off, OnlyFans. Yeah, the, the app or the service OnlyFans where, you know, people usually women, uh, also men too, I will be honest, uh, from what I've heard, not that I've uh, checked myself, um, basically go and sexualize themselves for uh for money um you know you pay a certain fee or something like this in order to uh to see pictures or videos or i don't know if you could live stream on there i've never used OnlyFans to be honest with you but the company itself the the whole apparatus there is uh under a investigation pertaining to money laundering and other financial crimes now what's interesting is that news hasn't really gone full circle uh, with regards to it circulating amongst the mainstream press, at least the time that I'm recording this, from my understanding. I just checked, uh, you know, local outlets, affiliates, uh, global news outlets and things like that, and I couldn't find too much. There were there was an article here or there, but it wasn't like, a, you know, front page Washington Post or CNN. Apparently, this is a global worldwide investigation spanning between multiple police departments, multiple agencies, including the FBI, uh, allegedly Interpol as well, uh, Canadian RCMP, which which is basically Canada's version of the FBI and stuff like that. So let's see what happens. It seems as though this is quite a lengthy investigation. Some um, inside sources, again, I say that carefully because we have to be careful when the mainstream media says inside sources, but some alleged inside sources, let's say, are calling it a, a quote, sprawling investigation, end quote, meaning that it's just some, that it's a big thing, that it's not a, a small thing by any means. So, uh, so, so let's see what happens there. And the reason why I say that is because, again, could it be a hit job on the owner? Again, unless there's a an intelligence operation or something like this, then it's hard to say. From my understanding, one of the owners resides in the UK. Uh, the investigation has also spanned to the UK as well. Of course, when you have a, a service like this that spans across different legal borders, barriers, you name it, uh, and different uh, geographical nations, you have... Uh, you have multiple cooperative agencies, presumably, right? So let's see. Uh, let's see what happens there. The next thing is that Texas, the state of Texas, may consider studying uh, medicinal psychedelics, particularly for people with mental health issues. Uh, psychedelics being the main primary substance, they'll be, or, or I guess, compound or product, whatever you want to call it, they'll be looking into. In addition to some other things specifically pertaining to helping people with mental health problems, uh, soldiers that have served that are you know, are experiencing PTSD and things like that. It doesn't mean for certain, according to this report, that the state of Texas will definitively look into this, uh, looking into using psychedelics, but they may in fact do so. And I have to say, I mean, personally, I know everyone's got their own personal opinion. I will be totally honest with all of you. I have no shame in saying that for quite some time, I was quite hesitant to try psychedelics myself because I was afraid that, you know, if I had gone into it with a negative mindset, it may have affected me even after the high was over. I had heard some horror stories, again, from friends and things like this, not sure how accurate they were. Again, when I did do them the couple of times I've done them just in the last 
roughly three, three and a half weeks. I had a great experience myself. I know everyone's different. I will admit, though, I was in a very good environment when I did them. So that could also be the case, too. Uh, the next thing is that the OK, now this is what's pretty. This is when it's going to get interesting. Uh, Assad has won. President Bashar al-Assad uh, has won his election in Syria again with 95.1 percent of the vote. Now, a lot of people are from the international community are saying it was rigged, not necessarily in the way of the votes being rigged, but more so he him having journalists and political opponents murdered and things like that okay here here's what i'm, I'm not trying to be an assad toady as they call it or, or as the mainstream media calls it or defend assad by any metric but at the same time the pot's calling the kettle black here and what i mean by that is this we look at a lot of people that are all about you know free and fair elections and things like that generally tend to be much more liberal leaning people with regards to you know having fair elections all around the world but it gets kind of conflated and what i mean by that is this the mainstream media narrative at least within the west within the uk it seems within most of Europe, large, I would say all of Europe actually due to American influence, uh, whether people like that or not, tends to favor American politics, whether it's Republican or Democrat. And it's been argued very strongly that both parties are one in the same. They just it's a puppet show. Right. And we all know that to be the case more so than not like majority of the time. So what I mean by that is this. If Assad murdered his way to winning again or he fixed the election or he rigged it or whatever you want to say first, it comes down to this. What is your perspective on policy? Do you think we should be intervening? As I say this in other cases too, should we be intervening with other countries around the world, right? Now, it, this is when it gets more philosophical, political, and quite controversial because there's some people that say, listen, it doesn't matter that the US is the quote-unquote stabilizing force in the world. We can argue that they've made things worse, more so than better in the nations around the world. So it doesn't matter if Assad fixed his own election or not. That's their problem, right? That's one perspective. The other perspective perspective is, well, look, we don't trust any other country to stabilize the world. And even though we do, when I say we, I'm talking on pretending to be, you know, the, uh, the, the West, if you will, even though we do, uh, fuck things up, part of my English on a global scale, we still maintain some sort of semblance in order, if you will. So it, it, that's the other perspective, generally speaking. It's kind of like, and Democrats and Republicans disagree with each other within their own parties on this too, by the way. Let me make that clear. So it's kind of like, you know, the going with the devil you know, then the devil you don't. It, it, it's hard to say, right? Where do I personally stand on this? Look, I'll be honest with you, folks. He... Okay, this might not be the most popular opinion, but if you want my personal opinion, so what? He fixed the election. It's not the first time he did it. The CIA has been trying to get Assad out of there uh, since from as early as 2006 or 2008, if I'm not mistaken, right? And then now Putin partnering with Assad to make sure that the U.S. doesn't completely topple him like they did with Gaddafi or Saddam Hussein, which is a total, totally different argument, a totally different topic of discussion, should I say, is now basically ensuring the U.S. doesn't topple. It's a tip for tap move, guys. And what he does in his own country, again, if you feel that, you know, the West should be involved, fine. But at the same time, let's take a look in the uh, in the mirror here, right? The West, meaning, you know, the CIA and things like that, they they support coup d'etats constantly. So, again, like I said, you know, a couple minutes ago, the pot calling the kettle black here. What, like, let's weigh the odds, right? It's it Honestly, guys, it comes down to perspective and opinion. My perspective is, look, Putin sided with him so that, you know, he that Assad doesn't get taken out nearly as easily as the U.S. did to Gaddafi and Saddam Hussein so now it's, it becomes a chess game and if Assad fixed or rigged the election whining about it is not going to change anything the guy won whether he fixed it or not 
I mean, I'm, I guess you could call me more of a realist, if you will, but like, fuck, man, like people, the reason why I'm, I'm ranting about this is because I see all these uh, left leaning outlets because I, I read all sides of the political uh, outlet just to, you know, the political spectrum in the mainstream media and otherwise to try to get an unbiased view of things, right? But man, these liberal outlets quite constantly, and I, I'll give conservative shit too, by the way, to be fair, but these this time around, these liberal outlets that are saying, they're, they're screaming, no, it's not fair that he rigged the election or he murdered his opponents. Yeah, what are you going to do about it? Oh, nothing. We're just going to complain. So nothing's going to change. Let's move on. It's true, guys. I just, it's a realistic perspective. Anyways, that's enough of that. The next thing, and this is uh, another very important uh, uh, story, if you will, for today to report on, is that basically, to sum it up, in fancy, without all the fancy schmancy words regarding COVID, the Pentagon funneled money to Wuhan and Fauci allegedly incurred it, encouraged it, excuse me. So the NIH did not directly donate to the Wuhan Institute of Virology, but guess who did echo and nih allegedly funneled the money to echo which was again a third-party company if you will but the money got funneled through a gray loophole if you will and uh, people are saying that uh, that uh, dr anthony fauci should be held responsible for this because he encouraged back in 20 i believe 15 or 16 the experimentation of gain of function research right it's just like when he said to Rand paul we don't do it but if we did we do it by the book that's like saying when you murdered somebody, like I, I, I didn't murder him, but if I did, I would have got rid of the body. Oh, no shit, Sherlock. Like, thanks for telling me. You know what I mean? It's the same idea, at least in my, in my perspective, right? And by the way, we can't say what I just read to you, what I just reported to all of you. This is public knowledge. We can't say this is from WikiLeaks or some, you know, the, something that the mainstream media is going to try to throw some shade on or discredit. This is federal data. So at this point, I mean, maybe you can quote unquote interpret the data differently, but even then I doubt that. You know, uh, the next thing is that California's assault weapons ban was overturned by a federal judge and the judge cited in pure legal theory, the AR-15 is, can be compared to a Swiss army knife with regards to it being a tool or weapon. Like I said, folks, the constitution, particularly the second amendment is very strong in the States in pure legal theory. We, you, one can argue the judge is right. Now, of course you can always battle something legally. And I guess that's the quote-unquote the beauty of the legal process if you want to call it i mean we can argue that the legal system is fixed if you will but that's a whole other thing um ultimately look if this judge made the ruling it's as simple as that and if it if if enough people are upset about it i'm sure that they it will be heard and uh but at the same time i i'm not uh i'm not naive to the fact let's say that there is a ton of money going into people companies organizations individuals promoting the second amendment specifically the nra you know donating to lobbyists to make sure that specifically republicans some democrats but most republicans uh are really really pushing for the second amendment to stay the way it is no ban on any type of assault weapon or anything like that so look i mean could we say that the judges are being paid off too It'd be hard to prove, but again, I'm just trying to weigh both sides here, right? Ultimately, though, the judge made a ruling. That's it. Simple. The next thing is that, and by the way, personally, for if th those who want to know my opinion, for those who don't know, I'm generally a pro-gun guy. I, I lean in that direction. Um, the next thing is that scientist, a scientist who told Fauci that COVID was potentially engineered. This was in an email to Fauci, who then, who Fauci then took this guy's email in February. I think it was February 20th or 25th of 2020. He took the email and forwarded it to a colleague and said, please handle. He got an email saying that, listen, this COVID thing might be bad and it might be coming from a lab. And Fauci just sent it to a colleague saying, please handle. Like, are you kidding me? 
as I quote, as I'll quote many other com political commentators for saying, because this is not my original line, I'm pretty damn sure it wasn't handled. It spread across the entire planet, right? So, um, not saying that that was totally Fauci's fault in that regard, but I mean, holy crap, you're talking about a virus that's potentially lethal. And well, it, I mean, that's what they say in the email, at least, right? And you just say, okay, please handle. It doesn't have to be COVID. I'm talking about anything in general. That's not a, I mean, that doesn't look good on Fauci's part. Let's be honest here, right? If we're taking it from a totally unbiased perspective, right? Um, and also the person who, this, the same individual who told Fauci COVID was potentially engineered, deleted 5,000 tweets from their own personal Twitter account and then deleted their own Twitter account. I believe this was yesterday. Why, if there's nothing to hide or nothing to worry about, right? Take it, take that as you wish. And I'm not trying to convince you one way or the other, but the next thing is that Malaysian police, so police in Malaysia are using heat drones to check people's temperature from above. I mean, look, I would be more secured, uh, secured, excuse me, concerned about the surveillance aspect of that. But at the same time, too, I mean, the, see, folks, the point I'm trying to make here is this in terms of temperature checks. Yeah, OK, that's all fine and dandy. But if the, the, if the country of Malaysia could do that, what could the United States, what could Russia, what could China, um, what could the UK which is known to be the UK, from my understanding, the king, if you will, of or the queen, uh, no pun intended, of surveillance all around the world. London, the city of London, is allegedly the most surveilled city on the planet. Uh, that might have changed by now. That might be some old stats I'm going by, but it's still up there, from my understanding, in terms of surveillance, facial recognition, and all that kind of fancy stuff. Um, look, if it's legally done, then I guess, sure. If the people of Malaysia don't mind it, then sure. I, I'm, I'm a pretty straightforward guy in that regard. If there's a big debate about it, I personally believe you should not put those drones out there. You should not send out the drones until there's been a, 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 a solidified conclusion on whether or not the people are okay with this. Because if you have half the people or a chunk of them not okay with it, the other chunk okay with it, this is still a problem, right? Um, the next thing is that, and sorry, before I go on, some of you might say, yeah, but Dave, you, you always talk about how, you know, to play devil's advocate, let's, you always talk about how it's all about the majority of the vote of the people. Yes. But this, it, with surveillance, I take this a little bit differently. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to address that for some of those that say, wait, Dave, you might be contradicting yourself. I, it's context-based. Most of the time I'm all for a, you know, a, a Republic, uh, sort of voting style or democratic voting style, the majority of the people. But when it comes to surveillance, I think it's, it should be handled differently. Do I have the answer to that? No, I, I honestly don't believe I do. I don't, because if I did, I, I'd probably be in, in professional politics, um, or maybe not actually, considering how stupid some of them are. But next, uh, the next thing is that Biden's vaccine rollout has fallen short of his goal. Okay, yeah, moving on. No, I don't think anyone really was. Yeah, okay. Uh, Jeff Bezos is going to space next month. Okay, that's cool too. Uh, the richest guy in the world's going into space. Big whoop. I mean, okay, I think we'd all love to go into space, but why this guy gets all this attention still? It just shows you how dysfunctional our, our society and media is generally speaking. Um, the next thing is that dozens were killed as two trains collided in southern Pakistan. Now, you see, that's unfortunate to hear. Like, the, in, you know, you look at these types of things and another one to a roadside bomb killed 11 people in northern Afghanistan. So, you know, we got one, one of them was an accident and then another one was a bomb in Afghanistan. So one of them was an accident in Pakistan. Another one was a bomb in Afghanistan, which 
again, I don't want to jump to conclusions, but just based off of the statistics and the data of recent and of past years, it's usually suicide bombs. If it wasn't, again, it's still unfortunate that people died. The fact that 11 people died in northern Afghanistan from this roadside bomb tells me pretty deliberate. I mean, there was some type of effort to execute a handful of people and these things don't are not stopping in Afghanistan, right? So it, it's hard to it's hard to bring context and bring a solution to this other than it comes down to ultimately this is a political religious philosophical debate which is changing the overall concept of the the perception of the religion that these people are are living by or standards of living that they're living by but again like it's 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 tough no no human though however should have the right to take another human's life not not at all but at the same time what do we discuss on this show all the time the reality of the world right so it, it does in fact happen the next thing is that the taliban says that afghanistan uh, afghans who worked for foreign forces will in fact be safe who knows if that's going to be a lie or not the only people that are really going to know if that's true or not are the cia right i'm sure they're still surveilling the taliban like crazy so those are the those are the only people in my humble opinion that are really going to know the truth the western world again we could be lied to right now with that that could have been just a fake lie that that i got personally from uh american news and which is why i'm always vigilant of all news but specifically you know when when you find out the washington post has a 600 million dollar deal with the cia i mean come on you know so the next thing is that uh, Mali's military leader has been sworn in as a transitional president. Well, I mean, I guess that would make sense from my understanding. I'm not a legal scholar, as you all know, but or as most of you know, I hope you all know that, though. <laughs> um, I mean, in general, if you can't find a politically stable individual or figure that would take the reins of a, a transitional process during a certain uh, time of, I guess you could say, eruption in a country or, you know, uh, instability, the military usually comes in because they understand the chain of command, they understand order. Now, again, the hope is that in pure theory, the military does not become political and take a side. In this case, I would hope or assume that Mali's military um, leader being sworn in as a transitional uh, president is literally just to ensure the fluidity and the smooth process of making sure that whoever does win or get, gets in there next is, um, is going to take the take the reins appropriately and in correspondence with their respective process right so that's that's all we could hope for now if the military if the if the person the military general or so or leader in there or, or chief if you will that's in charge has their own political views and they try to keep power for themselves that's when that that's exactly what's not supposed to happen when the military is supposed to transition such events right not not even in countries such as mali even in in, in the west from my understanding right if shit got really really bad you would hope the military comes in and and because they understand rank and file and transition they can logistically you know i mean that's that's the hope but the next thing is that Hamas has released audio of an alleged kidnapped Israeli soldier that they kidnapped, I would assume, during the recent conflict, and uh, they're still holding this soldier, allegedly. This is not good, because I'll tell you now, Israel, particularly the Mossad, it depends what type of, if they want to save this soldier or if they want to gain retaliation if this soldier is unfortunately killed, what's going to happen? More than likely, the Mossad, the Israeli army, probably in a covert sense, they're going to go in there and they're just going to, I mean... They'll, they'll, they'll do what they need to do. It might not even get reported. And I say this not because I'm trying to take a side. I'm saying this because, let's be honest, Israel's intelligence agency is that they're known, generally speaking, for doing the real dirty work. So and not really caring as much um, 
which is why the CIA will sometimes delegate operations to the Mossad and all that. I'm not pretending to be an expert on this, but this is usually what happens. I, I'm sure Hamas is powerful, but I don't not not like Israel's uh, organizational structure simply because of the funding, the influence. We've talked about this before, right? So that'll that'll be interesting to see if it makes the news, if the soldiers rescued or what happens there. Um, it, it would be nice to hear that the soldiers rescued, right? The next thing is that uh, Putin has signed a law taking Russia out of the treaty called the Open Skies Treaty. Now, the Open Skies Treaty is an arms control treaty, which is a pact that allows unarmed surveillance flights over member countries. So basically... You know, the, the contract was uh, entails that, you know, Russian, I guess, fighter jets could fly unarmed fighter jets over, let's just say, America if they were both in this treaty to get together because they're officially partners or members. Look, if Putin wants to pull out of it, so be it. Apparently, Trump pulled out of it last year or the year before. I don't know the exact reason, so I don't want to say why. Um, didn't have the time to look it up before this, but... Uh, Look, uh, again, this just goes to show that Russia seems to be, again, the, mo the subtle moves that they're making seem to show that they're hesitant of this new world order, if you will, or this next step forward in the, the, the globalist, um, I guess you could say, agenda. And um, sometimes it could be as simple as the Russians know what's going on and they don't want to follow along with the rest of the world um, with regards to the new world order. Other cases, it could be a PSYOP. Who the hell knows? All I know is that this arms treaty or this pact has been essentially... Not broken, but undone. Undone in a professional way. The next thing is that Angela Merkel's party has won a key state in Germany for key state control. But the, the question then becomes, will she, will she still be the leader or chancellor? Um, I added that part at the end there, that question, because there's tons of uh, articles being written, particularly within Germany, obviously, about her not being able to rally enough support to keep her as the leader of the, of the, the designated party she's in. Um, We'll see what happens. A lot of people like her. A lot of people don't. So uh, the next thing is that Meghan and Harry, uh, Meghan and, and Meghan Markle and Prince Harry are having another kid. Okay, let's move on because look, congratulations, seriously. But they're two human beings having a child. A lot of other people on this planet have kids too. <laughs> um, why they deserve special recognition, especially from myself. In this case, I don't see why. So the next thing is that uh, Peru is on edge as vote counting begins in a tight presidential runoff. Again, as long as it's free and fair and it abides by the laws that the people have agreed to over there, then let's see the outcome. Um, congratulations to Peru, by the way, for you know hopefully a successful and democratic election. The next thing is that a statue was toppled at a Canadian Indigenous school uh, protest because of the 215 ind Indigenous children. That's a big cover-up there between the Catholic Church and things like that. People were pissed off that, I believe it was yesterday, the Pope had issued a um, saying that the, the, the Pope um, was very, I think it was is very sad, and the Pope said he mourns with the people of Canada, but there was no apology. Right. And that, that's what stuck out to a lot of people publicly. Again, could things be going on behind the scenes? I'm sure of it. But, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, for Christ's sake, if it's tough to issue an apology that for for kids who've been dead for God knows how long now, that just goes to show you how politically corrupt, in my opinion, the Vatican is. Uh, the next thing is that. The, uh, the second last thing is that Kim Jong-un has waged war uh, on slang, dialect, genes, and films. Like, literally, like, I guess, Western movies, genes, uh, uh, slang, and dialect. Okay, he's just trying to... I mean, th this is the problem. They're only isolating them themselves more and more. See, one of the 
cons and the negatives, and there are some pros, arguably, but one of the cons of isolating yourself as an entire nation is that, for example, I think it was, again, whether or not you believe this is up to you, but Mike Baker, I think his name is, former CIA official, said on the Joe Rogan podcast uh, a while ago that the North Koreans, up until a handful of years ago, used to talk very quietly and whisper on the phone when they were um, discussing classified information. Uh, The reason for that is because they thought that they couldn't be heard if anyone had tapped the phone. And that's not true at all. <laughs> so, and, and the point I'm trying to make is that this is one of the downsides to isolating yourself. You don't realize how out of touch with the world you are. It's not the 1950s where if you whispered on a phone, the FBI had trouble hearing in sometimes, you know, and it's true. So, <laughs> um, the final thing is that Apple employees are rallying against the office working plan. I guess because they don't want to go back to work, they prefer working from home. I think Tim Cook had said, Tim Cook is the CEO of Apple. He had said that he wanted uh, he wanted everyone back in Apple, I think it was by September, if I'm not mistaken. So, and like I said, if, when you're designing, I get it. There, nothing beats in-person collaboration. Even when I do these interviews, by the way, these cracking conversations or these roundtables, things like that, um, I'd, I'd have no uh, no problem doing this in person. I mean, I'd actually prefer to do it in person, right? If I could, I would even fly out to wherever I would need to fly out to myself. But again, because of, you know, what's going on and things like that, this is what happens. You could still get shit done. Maybe not as productively as if you were in the same room as the person, yes. But my whole thing is this. If you're developing software, it's probably easier as a software developer to work from home and collaborate because it's all done on the computer anyways, right? Again, you don't have that human-to-human interaction uh, as you would in the office. But again, the argument also goes for the, uh, you know, if you're developing hardware, a little bit of a different argument because it's a physical product. You're developing the physical aspect of it. You need to be in a lab, a a design lab, a research and development lab to, to test such things, right? And so that's the other end of it. So again, to me, it's pretty simple software. If I were Tim Cook, maybe there's more to it than this, but you know, the software guys stay home. The uh, hardware guys too bad. If you still want your job, you got to come in now. I, that's an oversimplification, right? Cause what I just said right there goes against a lot of the things I've talked about before, but you see what I'm saying. Um, and the final thing I did want to mention too, by the way, was that I was told by someone, a very, very credible person that there are hundreds of thousands of people. I mean, I think you can find some of the, the raw footage online from citizen journalists, but there are hundreds of thousands of people protesting outside of the BBC in the UK right now, the BBC's headquarters and no media outlets picked it up. It's not even like, okay, you know, uh, uh, a, um, a, a competitor of the BBC wants to show this to say, look at how upset people are with our competitor. No, the fact that no mainstream media outlet in the UK, in Europe, in North America is covering it, and it's all citizen journalists and things like that. You might have the odd article here and there, but nothing that would be propped up by the algorithm on the search engines, right? The fact that that's the case shows shows that things are worse for the mainstream media and the corporations than the people than uh, they maybe had presumed. So, That's it for today. Got lots coming out later on and we'll catch you all later. Cheers.